0: Get oh,
1: yeah. Tom Flanagan will be with me for the entire two hours today as we look back 2023 in review, our annual New Year's show, including conversations with Tallahassee Police Department Sergeant Damon Miller, North Florida Innovation Lab Director Bill Lixon will join us, and County Commissioner District 5 David O'Keefe. So stay with me.
2: Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny, brought to you by Widden Glass, Tallahassee's first name in glass for your home or office, and by Merry Call Merry Relax, and it's done.
1: In 1945, Jack Whitten started a glass company in Tallahassee. Now over 75 years and three generations later, it's still working every day, doing just as Jack wanted, giving his customers real solutions for replacing window glass, providing custom cut mirrors, and supplying superior bath and shower enclosures. Local building contractors know Whitten Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. They prefer Whitten because of their precision and mastery of eye-catching storefront glass and countertop glass. It's a fact. When you choose Wooden Glass, you're working with real glass people who will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. It's what Jack Wooden wanted, and it's been the Wooden way of doing business for over 75 years. Wooden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass since 1945. Call Wooden Glass today or visit them online, 850 So my friend, on this New Year's Eve weekend, as we approach the coming of 2024, we are given to this annual custom of reviewing our broadcasts over the last 12 months, and a difficult task because there are so many wonderful folks, informative conversations, inspiring conversations. Uh, moments when we've had opportunity to talk with some of the people who are helping us all better know who we are and what we're worth and why we're here Tallahassee's place in the world we might say many have referred to the new Tallahassee as we've you know trudged onward into this particular decade and and into the next uh, number of years Discovering that we are more than perhaps we've given ourselves credit for. And a lot of that by way of the change in demography. Uh, the in-migration of people from around the country and around the world. Now, Tom Flanagan will talk with us about all of that. A veteran newscaster, a reporter, radio talk show host, w f s u for all these many years that he has served this community in that capacity, celebrated in his abilities and uh, highly respected and I think appreciated by so many uh, hard hard to imagine anybody more capable in that role and more confident I think in bringing us the news as um, often he is given to. And a perspective, I think, that remains fairly uh, on the bubble, we'd say. Pretty much uh, level, very uh, straight up. And in that capacity, we thought, well, let's let's get Tom to help us figure out <laughs> what just happened. Uh, Twelve months has uh, gone by in a blur for so many of us, I think. And so we'll have opportunity throughout the broadcast today to get his input on a variety of topics. Try to keep it easy going and casual as such. Um, Along with then these conversations from our year in review, we're going to begin um, here shortly in this first hour with Leon County Commissioner District 5, David O'Keefe, who made several appearances on the show through the year. Uh, You recall, he newly elected in basically his... First year in office, this 2023 has been full of all kinds of challenges for this county commission and uh, the joint commission that regulates uh, the use of blueprint monies. Well, that came up strong early on in the year. So we're going to get uh, his perspective and this one conversation we had uh, very early in the year, actually back in uh, January, just just now a year ago. And with that, uh, it brings us to a point of contrast, I think. Uh, There we have his contribution along with others who have stepped up uh, in this year in public office, county and city, bringing a a little different approach to problem solving, uh, trying to be a bit more deliberate i think in looking for new ways of making those decisions that is to say what are those criteria that we use when we're judging how best to serve the people of how do we best ensure that the most good is being brought to the greater number over the greater period of time not an easy task ever uh, because of course the qualifications there have to do with what we consider to be best right the least expensive uh, the, the the most uh, comprehensive um, you know the most equitable all of those kinds of considerations come into play when it's being decided as to whether um, Florida State University should be awarded twenty four. Million dollars to make improvements there at uh, Doe Campbell Stadium, big topic for twenty twenty three, and in sharp contrast, you have the needs of those who find themselves uh, without uh, affordable housing. When you talk to Commissioner O'Keefe, it's difficult to to have any conversation with him without that topic being front and center. And for him personally it's been uh, a very strong uh, line of thinking and uh, and and i think and i think genuine i mean I, th- I think he came to office with that in mind that he saw problems challenges uh, unmet needs among a significant number of people and not necessarily among the more impoverished but just among various sectors of our community that seem to be um, unattended to. I'm trying to be gentle here in my comment, but we'll just say when it comes to people like David O'Keefe, they're going to be pretty clear with you about what they think needs to happen to make this a better town. Likewise, with my good friend Bill Lixon, who for many years has labored in a lot of different capacities, all focused on economic development for the community, um, associated with people uh, like the Jim Moran Institute, and uh, now serving as the director for the North Florida Innovation Labs, an organization that in and of itself is monumental for this community. And so you'll have opportunity in the conversation we'll have with Mr. Lixon to learn a little bit more about why that is so significant. And it is significant. When you stop and think about how we are known, um, Florida State University comes right at the top of the list, um, more so than being the state capitol. Uh, years and years ago, uh, the seminal insignia, was more readily and widely recognized than the university seal for florida state that is to say we were known for being a football town football team and yes haven't we seen uh, quite a bit of controversy of late in regard to florida state football and their exclusion from the final four so it almost uh, underscores the point that when it comes to what's important for Tallahassee, yeah, it's hard to have that conversation without Florida State athletics and particularly football uh, being in the center of that conversation. And so it is that uh, we talk with Bill Lixon about what else? What else can we be known for? What else can we contribute to the world? What more are we able to bring? Well, this innovation labs project uh man it it has legs and it has the potential of helping to i would say adjust the the manner in which we are perceived along with of course the mag lab Uh, and there are ways in which uh, this contributes to our well-being up and down the way from top to bottom it makes it better for everybody and when that happens you start to see changes in other statistics like crime and so we're going to have sergeant Damon Miller he'll be with us towards the end of the show talking about his particular role with Tallahassee Police Department with some keen insights in his own personal experience i think you want to stay tuned for that it's all here for you 2023 in review our annual new year show at Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Darling, Tom Flanagan has been a contributive part of this community in so many ways for so many years. Um, for those of us who know him professionally and personally, uh, it is always a pleasure to be able to bring him to any given topic or setting or event because he comes at it with this sort of news nerdy approach to life, loves to talk to people, loves to kind of figure out why they do what they do and all that sort of thing. And in my experience with Tom over the years, the consistency of that has made him one of the areas most trusted. I think that's fair to say. Certainly reliable, consistent uh, when it comes to news reporting and when it comes to any kind of uh, even editorial uh, perspective that he may bring there's a degree of fairness I think in all that uh, that he has done and continues to do now identified with WFSU Public Media as their program director for news let's welcome Tom Flanagan how are you sir?
3: Brother Brian Cerny, it is so great to be back with you
1: again. <laughs> yeah, there was almost an Irish lilt in that. Did you catch that? I don't know.
3: I don't know what you're talking about, Bigara.
1: <laughs> so, in fact, we're going to take opportunity in today's broadcast, as is our custom, uh, we like to take the last show of the year. Uh, here we are on the 30th and with Tom Flanagan uh, graciously agreeing to be a part of all this, to try to bring what is, again, customary for us, a a look back at the year's events and people, and where you can tell me, tell us, when you think of those events or those people, those topics uh, that come to mind as perhaps the most, significant to the community or the most impactful in some way? Maybe those that were the most uh, dramatic, maybe upsetting for some and rewarding for others? Uh, what, what what pops up in your tablets there?
3: Well, I'm glad that you kind of set the table, Brian, with a larger playing field because although this may not qualify as in the top 10 of anyone's significant news developments of the year. The ascendancy of pickleball in Tallahassee, I think, is something we really have to give a little bit oh of a nod to, because it has it has taken over so many neighborhoods, and even the city's parks and recreation department now cannot inaugurate a new park without a mass of pickleball courts that are in there. So that's again, this is no biggie, but it seems to be a kind of significant development because five years ago, people go pickle
1: what? what? Yeah, so I'm still doing that. Uh, but but so, okay, so now that you've broached that subject, help us understand how this has come about. I mean, is this a sort of national trending going on? People are just tight. Are they? Are we so bored with ourselves <laughs> that we had to find something else to to do? I mean. Wh-
3: Well, uh, people already kind of know how to play it because it's a little bit like tennis but not quite so fast-paced because you're using a plastic wiffle ball, Uh you know, rather than a tennis ball, which is going to go a lot faster. But it also points out, I think, really a legitimate um, development that is ongoing in our community, Brian. We've talked about this before, the fact that probably seven out of every eight Tallahassians came from someplace else. Uh according to all the census data and all that and you talk to you know um greg patterson over at uh, uh choose tallahassee and you know his his whole bailiwick is trying to get more of those folks to come into our community to uh join the club as as it said but this is a national trend that is now popping up here, and we're seeing a lot of that. We are such a hybrid community in that regard.
1: More so than ever, right? I
3: yeah, believe so. Yeah, and yeah. and on the international scene, you have, oh, look at these festivals, which are now reemerging in the aftermath of COVID. And you see whether it's the uh, the Asia Festival that usually at least pre-COVID, was bringing in 20,000 people. They had to move it to Tom Brown Park because it was just so massive. You have the same thing, of course, with the um, speaking of Greek food (laughs) out at Holy Mother of God. That was a huge blowout this year. And you see that because of our universities and, and that diversity in population, we are, I think, a more... Um, diverse community than than many of the same size certainly in florida indeed
1: and that speaks to the fact that there are relatively few in number right so it makes our diversity perhaps even more noticeable i mean we're not a million people uh if you if you count the five you know metro let's say the counties around us Well, there's about a half million there. But then when you get down to Tallahassee, Leon County proper, we're at about a quarter of a million. Is that right? So, yeah, so- uh,
3: between between two fifty and three hundred thousand is is what I, I see. Um, but yeah, that MSA metropolitan yeah, statistical yeah. area, you know, yeah. that's that's bigger because we are still the central shopping hub and all that. Although much has to be said for the uh, the growing artistic community in Thomasville. They are really I'm remaking strong. that town yeah, big they really
1: time. Are. Um, wow, that opens up all kinds of things, uh, because when you talk about Thomasville, I think, um, you know, I think Gaston County, Quincy particularly, uh, Jefferson County, right, uh, Monticello, and w- with all of the concern we have for those communities economically, I've been hoping that somehow they would be even more greatly inspired by what we see going on with our neighbors to the north. Uh, Havana has done its part to some degree in trying to be this hub for, I guess, antiques and art and such. But Quincy continues to try to figure it out, don't they? That
3: they, and? <laughs> Where was I seeing that, Brian? It was just a little while ago. There was an article I stumbled across on how Gadsden County per capita used to be one of the wealth hubs of the Southeast. All the Coca-Cola money, money, yes, all that. And tobacco money. Sure.
1: Right. Yeah, and my faint understanding of that is somewhere in the 60s, right, uh, wrapper leaf tobacco was no longer uh, in demand. Uh, So Gaston County, and I think there's one in Connecticut.
3: Mm-hmm. Where, Connecticut Shade Tobacco. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But the cigar manufacturers figured out how to do a wrapper uh, is a composite. And that whole industry just collapsed. And with that, then we see this um, disenfranchisement of all of the people who work that industry. Uh, largely african-american yeah and
3: that's that's been the trend really across the country and with our part of the nation not being as heavily industrialized as Uh elsewhere we kind of missed a lot of that coming from the northeast as i do i've seen little towns in western pennsylvania and west virginia and all of that just literally wither on on the vine as mining and manufacturing went away here the closest we come to that is the during 2023 the announced shutdown of the uh, paper mill the georgia pacific mill in Mm. uh, taylor county in perry and that's about 500 jobs wiped out right there those are not coming back any time that you can envision so what do those families do do they move away there's not much of an alternative economic situation there they no. can uh, yeah. they can jump County. on
1: yeah it was pretty much now there are a couple of other uh am i right in saying there are a couple of other manufacturing facilities there in perry but nothing to to rival what this paper mill was for that for that community is that no and right?
3: and nothing of that level of uh, of worker compensation uh. No. of course, being non-union, it's not going to be the same as you would have, say, in Ohio. But yeah. still, uh, it paid, relatively speaking, pretty well. And that is not going to be replaced, wow. certainly not immediately.
1: Okay, so what we've already begun to piece together here is this idea that uh, there were some things happening for us that were sort of, progressive you know they're, they're processual I should say just kind of moving through and we talk about how how Gatson County may be a good example of that Jefferson County as well uh, but the initiative that Thomas County has shown to try to turn this thing and then comes something like the Taylor County fiasco so it w- sounds like we've got some major considerations when If Tallahassee is more than just Tallahassee proper, these are people who are our brothers and sisters, our neighbors and friends around the region. And so we've got to think more clearly, I think, about what we do with that. When we come back, I want to talk about affordable housing in that context. Folks, we've got Tom Flanagan here with us for the day, so you don't want to miss any of this. Stay with me. You're in tune with Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny.
2: Widden Glass has been taking care of business since 1945. When you call Widden Glass, you're dealing with experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best. Like Widden's top of the line bath enclosures that provide style and luxury at an affordable price. Eye catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass. We'll help you design it and install it. Witten Glass, the first name in glass replacement. Call two 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 five seven eight one.
1: He's a number crunching sort of guy. Um, David, you are, uh, in my view, uh, a pretty able analyst. Uh, it seems to me you really like getting in between the variables. You like to look at how one part fits to another part. And that I think that betrays your career choice. I mean, that's how you've, you've served so many of these other organizations, right? It
4: absolutely betrays my career choice and it, it betrays my career path. As a young person, it was the analyzing the numbers, it's black and white, it's yes and no, as getting into organizations and having to manage and lead teams and organizations, it's learning the people. Everything is people. Yeah. I know. Systems are made up of people, yep. and you have. To, I have to identify and analyze the the specific uh, tasks and items and issues, and the people. Do I have to? How do I get three other commissioners to join me in a vote right. on something? How right. do I get? There's that part. Um, how do I get? Maybe it's a joint thing. How do I get a community group um, to to advocate? Or sometimes it's not even. How do I get three other commissioners to vote? It's how do I get these organizations to join an effort with these organizations Mm -hmm. just by way of being willing to send something out on letterhead and publicly saying, I'm excited about this and I support this as a county commissioner.
1: Uh, A whole situation, all that conversation, you come from this world of analysis, and now you're having to deal with people, us. You know, the, and we're messy. You know, we don't, we're squishy. We don't fit in neatly as as you might otherwise appreciate on a balance sheet or on a, on a spreadsheet somehow. Um, so yes, kudos to you for that effort.
4: But we're the important part. Yeah. That's the important part is this. People are squishy. People are messy. But that's what our community is. Our community is not mm-hmm. a balance sheet. Our mm-hmm. community is not an income statement. Our community is not a budget the, um, those things, those budgets, those numbers serve the squishy people. Yeah, yeah. And we can't forget that. A, a numbers guy like me, if I can keep that in mind, I think we can get everyone we to can keep get that in somewhere.
1: mind. Uh, God bless you. I, I referred to your personal experience earlier, and I was thinking of uh, your uh, family of origin, mm-hmm. and, you know, and your parents that worked and worked and worked to try to hold on to the house and eventually ended up losing the home. I wonder how that has made it possible for you to to go beyond being that pure analyst and really have a heart for people who are struggling?
4: It has been very much a personal journey, and I'll, I'll actually want to mention, uh, and maybe others I know of, but um, Commissioner Christian Caban, who also was recently elected, he also has experience with it. He has shared that his family went through foreclosure as well. And so I think it's likely that we have an opportunity mm. to really have some people in power who know what it's like to, to push things forward. But to come back to your question about me and how it's um, brought me to... Um, you, you know this as a, um, as a counselor, but um, mental, mental health has been uh, an issue for me personally as well. Mm. Ever since I got out of my household... A lot of things that come with uh, economic insecurity and housing insecurity are chaos and trauma and traumatic experiences. And so um, I personally have uh, grown a lot from when I chose a career and started a career Mm -hmm. to an an adult that has a much more well-rounded life um, with a lot Mm -hmm. more sense of people and relationships. Mm -hmm. And that is a result of the need to pursue mental health help to grow and work through my challenges to be happy. And uh, I think that um, that's a big part of driving me to what I do now, what I wanna do now.
1: And I will say on behalf of all of us, because we all struggle, right? Mm-hmm. We're all in on, on some kind of orbit, some kind of path in which we're either sort of circling around the, the campfire or we're actually making progress or may, unfortunately maybe declining mm-hmm. in that regardless I look at you in two ways. Not only have you personally pushed through a lot of those issues for yourself, thereby giving us a a kind of living testimony, it can be done. Absolutely. It informs you too, that says, hey, I see your situation, I know what that's like. Uh, When I tell you I feel your pain, that's not a talking point, that's not a slogan, that's me telling you I've lived where you're living. And I can assure you, there is life after this. There is a place where you can get beyond this, even if it isn't circumstantial, even yep. if you know we can't we can't solve the problem you're dealing with circumstantially, you get beyond those circumstances. We all bear some kind of liability absolutely. Right? We all come to the table uh with problems and with personality problems mm-hmm. So then you're looking at me and going, yeah, and what are you doing to be able to move into a situation as you have in this position and say, I want to do more, not only with me, but on behalf of those that I serve. Uh, If that's a character flaw, I want us all to have that character flaw.
5: Um,
1: Folks, we have with us uh, a man who uh, has, I mean, he's, he's put his boots on and said, yeah, I'm tired of just sitting around and watching things happen. I want to get involved. You look forward now through this coming year. Uh, give me the top three things. We let's, let's say we've got the one, the housing issues, and we'll just leave it at that. What else?
4: The number one thing uh, is housing, housing, housing. We also have a crime issue and a law enforcement issue, which I consider one thing. And so a lot of that action is being um, taken up by the city with some of the new funds they have and the um, group violence intervention program they're bringing in. And so uh, I want to focus on however the county can support those efforts uh, and continue to support the council on men and boys and their efforts uh, to really make sure that uh, we don't plan that to death and and Mm. that we get it going and that it has everything it needs to be successful I think those two are big enough. Uh, three is just a number of people like to pick, uh, but I think I those two say are big 10, enough.
1: But I mean, I was trying to get us through the rest of the hour here.
4: Well, I will say part of my <laughs> own personal goal is just to um, build very productive and collegial relationships with everyone I work with, mm. which has been um, very straightforward so far. I'll say that even even the, the people who um, maybe I, I didn't did or didn't vote for, but i will say nobody can see my belt i voted for every commissioner that i serve with if they're listening uh but um it's a very collegial. he's already
1: learning how to play the game it's it's a
4: very collegial body smart man um and i think that i'm just it's got a good feeling to it and we won't agree on a lot of things and i think i may be one of the you know farthest um person on, on on certain issues but um I'm liking the relationship that we're forming together.
1: I do too. And, I've, and I want to say as a resident of this community now for 44 years and not a native, um, you know, four decades ago, uh, we were stuck in the 50s as far as I could tell. And I arrived here in 78, graduate student, Florida State University. thought I'd gone back in time. <laughs> um, what was more dis- troubling to me was that that clock seemed to be stuck. And I will make the, the the statement here that we now live in a time that is decidedly different even compared to 10 years ago. And I mentioned population growth, but there's been growth in a lot of, call it a collective mindset if you want. There, there's just been a, I think, and we saw it play out uh, with those candidates that stepped up and said, including you, hey it's time for a different way of of solving problems or at least having conversations about where the problems lie we need to have some new voices in the room yeah absolutely well we certainly have that with you and again i want to say um kudos for Thank stepping you. up and uh prayers for your family because i'm gonna hope that they get to see you now and then given given your level of commitment they do they
4: they do <laughs> my office is close to my house i get to go home for lunch there we go and take the dogs out uh like and empty that. the cat litter that's how my wife's <laughs> just going to keep me humble is i still have to do that stuff
1: yeah and just let you know I, I just don't do marital counseling any longer <laughs> it's not part of my game folks this is why we like david o'keefe because he is so candid with us and i think he's uh He's on the right track, so do keep him in your prayers. Uh, and we're going to continue with more Tallahassee Talks right after we take this quick break. Commissioner, thanks for being our guest today.
4: Thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, getting this important community conversation going.
1: Indeed. Another conversation from 2023, our Tallahassee Talks Year in Review. In 1788 Robert Burns wrote a poem to herald the coming of the new year and set the lyrics to an old Scottish tune. The little song became quite popular as the words recalled the days gone by bidding farewell to the old and welcoming the new. Band leader Guy Lombardo is often credited with popularizing the use of the song at New Year's celebrations in America. Through his annual broadcasts on radio and television beginning in 1929, the song became his trademark. This New Year's Eve, millions will gather across the world in celebration and at the stroke of midnight, join together in singing "Old Lang Syne. Wishing you all the best in the new year from wood and glass on South Monroe since 1945 For window and plate glass, custom bath enclosures and storefront glass 850-222-5781 and Moose Magnificat Radio streaming online at moosemagnificat.com All local musicians, all original songs, all the time. Download your free app at moosemagnificat.com We're back. We're talking with Tom Flanagan and you are in tune with Tallahassee Talks in our annual year in review Thinking about those things that have been part of 2023 for us as a community, perhaps for you personally, uh, there, there have been some events and, and happenstance, things that have come your way, maybe a new job, maybe a new family member, uh, whether by marriage or by birth. Um, and then there are those that we've lost. And there were, there were some, some heart, heartbreaking situations through the year um, you know, and and some of those people are pretty well known to all of us. I think of uh, Sharon uh, Tyler, who uh, uh, Sharon Caraway, uh, who uh, found herself uh, struggling with the loss of her husband, or a good friend of ours here, a, a regular contributor to the broadcast, uh, Scott Pliskin, and uh, pe- people that you just stop and think, well, there's no way we can't we can't lose them they have to be part of we're we're all connected here we we can't this is wrong and yet there there it is and so for for you i'm i have no doubt that you've been witness to a lot of those situations around the community where you you know you see the heartbreak huh
3: yeah, and just before we began our conversation here, Brian, out in the lobby was listening to uh, Belle Long, yes. and that voice just coming out of out of the beyond, essentially. Yes. And I'm thinking, my Lord, the creativity and the, the connection that this yep. young lady had with her songs, with her voice, and just how she always managed to be kind of the sound of Tallahassee. She really was. Just yeah. like Del Suggs and some of the other, you know, great yeah. performers that we've had in this town yeah. over the years. And, and we lost her and mm. how, how many more songs she had to uh, write and sing mm. still in that very, uh, you know, truncated life mm. that was cut mm. so short.
1: So, and and, and it, particularly this, this ballad that she wrote about Tallahassee and uh, the title of that song. Um, that I know was petitioned, people were saying, hey, we should make that the official song of Tallahassee. I don't know where that effort ended up, if that was uh, adopted in some fashion, or how how would that proceed?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a great question for the mayor, particularly as we head now into our bicentennial year, which is uh, going to be something else we can touch on in the course of our conversation. But you wanted to talk affordable housing, I think, and that is a huge situation for not only Tallahassee but I think the country as a whole Mm -hmm. as we have economically displaced a lot of people most of the time not through any evil intent I don't think but this is the way that we've been going with uh, cost consciousness and pullbacks and Uh, more emphasis on wall street and investment than perhaps the day-to-day grind of, of making a living and either providing a worthwhile product and service to our community our neighbors our friends this has left a lot of people in the lurch when it comes to housing because let's face it it's a lot more fun to sell a three million dollar house than it is one that's under a hundred thou if i'm a developer if i'm a builder and we've kind of gone in that direction so h- how do we reverse that trend it seems i don't know just from talking with some local officials here um that that is pretty high on their radar screen and that is a uh, an issue that they are going to continue and hopefully accelerate addressing in the year to come.
1: We have had opportunity to, as you have, talk with people that are pretty close to that whole discussion, some who are in the business of construction, uh, some who have been part of the advocacy uh, on behalf of affordable housing. Um, and in fact, with David O'Keefe joining us uh, here uh, now a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's been a hot topic for him, it, uh, Commissioner O'Keefe, it happens too in the context of our prior comments, here we have at large, a region of the community, a region of the, of the country, I should say, where uh, economically, we're struggling. I mean, when you, t- when you talk about Tallahassee within this agrarian economy around us and, and populations that have s- continued to struggle over the decades, um, everybody knowing that in Tallahassee that family uh, average income is about, what, 43, 45, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. These, these are people who are taking their vacations down there on the Wakulla with an inner tube. You know, and he's working part-time on the weekends. She's got her job at night working at the grocery store. They're both full-time employed with you know, some form of government, uh, and yet they, this is what they are, are faced with, this, this working poor uh, situation, uh, which is strange to say when you got families that are working that hard uh, and, and the business of being able to afford housing – But then at the same time, if you have the the population at large that is really struggling, uh, you're creating this sort of massive divide. Am I I seeing that right?
3: Yeah, and that takes us back to a little bit of history here, Brian. If you recall when the folks at St. Joe Paper who had that huge tract of land over on the southeast quadrant of Tallahassee envisioned this development called Southwood. It was going to be not only upscale housing, there was going to be affordable housing and workforce housing, and bringing the whole community together, it would be essentially a Tallahassee in miniature. Hmm. It didn't turn out that way. And I have yet to find anyone in this town who could sit down and say, okay, here's exactly what happened. Because you can say, oh, it was the greedy developers, or it was this or that. Or,
1: uh, and maybe all of those answers.
3: And maybe, yes, a hybrid of all of that. And, I mean, you, and no one really the, the central player in that drama.
1: You said earlier, not necessarily by evil design, but these unintended consequences that come about when there isn't enough discussion of if we make this move how does that impact the whole or if we set the set the our standards here right and so 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 then that rests with public officials? I mean, where do we go to find solutions? I guess. Well,
3: I, I, we're back to the old saying, I think, Brian, that we get what we vote for, and or not, or not. <laughs> as the case may be. Yeah. And too many of us do not make those decisions. And Lord knows, um, huh. you know, we sit in on city and county commission and school board meetings, so you won't have to. Uh, and they can be just as interminable and boring as can be but this is where the the good old governmental sausage gets made where policies get debated and more people need to get involved in government you mentioned uh leon county uh, commissioner david o'keefe he had no political background at all in fact full disclosure he worked at wfsu Uh, he he was over in our finance department for a while cruncher yeah i I would send off expense reports for his approval before they got shoveled up the chain and he was one who saw some things going on in town and and thought gee maybe i could do something to solve some of these problems and he jumped in
1: at the very least bring those issues to the public and say guys do you realize that if we do this then the consequences are going to look like that or if we do that then there's ramifications maybe not this year but five years you know and and that brings in the whole business of blueprint money so that might be one of those things that we could say is probably in that if there is a top five, that probably is one that we should consider. Uh, folks, I've got Tom Flanagan standing by with more helpful information. He's going to solve all of our questions for us. <laughs> he, that was the premise, right? We said if you show up today on this broadcast, you're going to set us at ease. We're going to have all the answers we need as we go into 2024. Are you, are you agreed with that or no?
3: Oh, absolutely. You okay? uh, do you have that in writing?
1: Folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Tom Flanagan. Let me remind you, too, that we're online all the time at com. If you have an opportunity to go and visit the site, you'll see all kinds of helpful info. Mm-hmm. And, of course, at all, at all times, you uh, can find on demand any broadcast that we've been able to bring you, for now going uh let's see we're we're about halfway through our twelfth season, so not going anywhere right now. Stay with me
5: hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super signs. We were gonna do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic, you know something clever, but that just didn't work so I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. SuperScience is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them 422-1883 or go to their website, YourSuperScience.com. How's that for clever?
1: We're back talking to Bill Lux and talking about this very uh, provocative idea, North Florida Innovation Labs, conveying that that's probably the biggest challenge. You said earlier, well, yeah, but there's lots of other examples of this around the country, around the world.
0: Yeah, and, and to demystify it a little bit, there's more that uh, attributes of business that are the same uh, rather than those are that are different. I see. You, you need a legal structure. You need accounting. Mm. You need marketing. You need to validate your market. Okay. You need to understand your competitors. Okay. You need to protect your uh, creation, whether it's through patents or mm-hmm. trade secrets or branding. Uh, so those things are common to all businesses. Mm-hmm. You need a team. You need to play to your strengths, mm-hmm. account for your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And then for some 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 companies, need unique facilities. And, and that's so where we've got. That's where the lab fits in. 30
1: plus wet and dry labs.
0: That's right. So wet labs would essentially be biology and chemistry labs, ah. sinks and hoods and uh, eyewash stations and those things.
1: Test uh, tubes,
0: yeah, stuff like that. Yep, yeah, uh, and dry labs could be uh, places to fabricate inventions, and, and this is a true story. One of the uh, entrepreneurs in the area um, got a uh, recent grant from NASA And he said, I need a space to store the submarine we're building. (laughs) So uh, I'm like, well, we don't have a current space for that. And really, it's an autonomous submarine that's designed, it's small, uh, designed to go out during hurricanes and measure... Uh, water at dip- different depths to... Mm. Uh, water temperatures. That's right. Ah. And, and those kinds of things during a hurricane to, yes. for forecasting models. And so NASA put a grant out. This company won a grant. And so they're prototyping this device. Oh, if and I
1: go back to the, the Wright Brothers analogy exactly,
0: here... Exactly. That's what brought this. to We're going to need a to bigger mind. barn. <laughs> well, uh, what they needed was fairly basic, meaning... <laughs> Look, we need a flexible space, a shop. We need a loading dock and garage yeah. doors, yeah. and um, you know, and so we'll have both the super high tech areas, and then we'll have places to. We'll have a shop for folks to prototype.
1: Indeed, indeed. If we were to uh, compare, let's say, uh, with that nineteenth century model of business the Stephen Coveys of the world would say, yeah, see, you can't, you, you can't work that way any longer. You have to embrace this collaborative, because we're all much further down the road than the Wright brothers or Henry Ford or whoever. You know, that, that, that worked then, but now it's about tapping into this Mississippi River of opportunity.
0: That's exactly right. There's never been a better time to start a company. Hmm. Uh, You know, you can do it online. And when I started my first company, probably you did as well. You had a a lawyer involved and they had to file paperwork. He quit. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad that it worked for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and um, now with all of the collaboration tools, you can have partners and mentors all over the world. Indeed. In fact... Uh, had some philosophical uh, discussions about what an entrepreneurial ecosystem looks like. Mm. And our academic partners are partnering with other academic institutions Mm. across the country where they have certain affinity or expertise. And entrepreneurs, in fact, uh, are doing the same thing. And Mm. uh, so part of our role is to uh, support entrepreneurs by uh, providing access to what they need to be successful. And sometimes yeah. it may be a highly technical expertise that's not, not local. Interesting. Uh, and that impact,
1: though, stays local. Stays local. And this segues into this notion you were referring to earlier in our conversation about whatever idea I may have Pay attention. Pay attention to the signs. Be attention to the people around you, and you know. In my life, having left that radio station, joining up with Comcast, then moving into the uh, telephony business, telecommunications and such, all of that sort of uh, came together then, and provided me a platform of thought, anyway to begin a company called Alcom and that has over the years um, afforded us the opportunity to expand and experiment and, you know, we kind of created our own lab in house sure, uh, full of disappointments and, and victories all at the same time. And here we are sitting today, these many years later, it's been, better than 30 years you and i
0: (laughs) i wasn't going to do the math
1: you well but you look great (laughs) i mean i don't
0: know what's happened i
1: mean
0: i was going to say a little over a quarter century i don't know which sounds better
1: (laughs) well what sounds great is that bill lixon is still part of us still contributing to this community and doing so in ways that are consistent with who you are and those that that I will say a kind of curiosity then that you bring to the table because it encourages the rest of us in that same way to be curious. What if, what could we accomplish? What could we do? And that flies in the face of that status quo or, well, we just don't do it that way or whatever. And here we do have, uh, this adolescent, uh, community will, will say, Tallahassee, this teenage girl, that's my favorite way of putting it, uh, who says, wow, maybe I can learn to fly. Maybe I, I can build that next thing. I've always thought I should or could. And here comes North Florida Innovation Labs to say, well, talk to us about what you want to do.
0: Well, well said. And Tallahassee is a fantastic Place And a lot of people want to live in Florida. And this is, uh, I would argue, the best part of Florida. Mm. And this is not the missing piece of the puzzle, but a missing piece of the puzzle Indeed. that allows us to diversify econ- our economy that we yes. haven't been able to do yes. to date. And yes. that will add value in ways that we know and ways that we don't yet, Haven't no. even
1: considered yet.
0: That's right. And it, it has the potential to have generational impact, which is what excites me. One, one quick uh, 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 soundbite, if you would. I attended an incredible event with the Tally Robotics Club and clubs from all around the world this past weekend. Hmm. And these kids are building robots and programming in high school. And so we're being very intentional about supporting them and we're providing them access to an ancillary uh building at Innovation Park wow. so that they can build their robots. Wow. Uh, uh they are a nonprofit and we're providing space to them. Some of it is altruistic and some of it is self-serving cuz these kids will <laughs> occupy the lab in 60 months. Uh and we'll all be working for them someday.
1: No doubt. Well, it's my pleasure to say that I, uh, I can add to that my, uh, affirmation that I got to work for you and with the good folks there at Comcast those many years ago. Here we are, my friend, here's to the next 10 years Amen. and what may yet, uh, unveil itself for us all. Bill Lix our friend, friend of this town and, uh, helping to lead the way with North Florida Innovation Labs. You want to keep your eye on this thing. It is a remarkable contribution. Bill, thank you for being here today. Thank
0: you so much, Brian. This was great.
1: A pleasure. It's what we do here every week for you folks. Another conversation from 2023, our Tallahassee Talks Year in Review. Witten Glass has been taking care of families since 1945.
2: Experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Witten's top-of-the-line bath enclosures. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Witten Glass, and they provide precise installation.
1: Witten Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass. Online at WittenGlass.com. Call 850-222-5781. In 1788, Robert Burns wrote a poem to herald the coming of the new year and set the lyrics to an old Scottish tune. The little song became quite popular as the words recalled the days gone by bidding farewell to the old and welcoming the new. Band leader Guy Lombardo is often credited with popularizing the use of the song at New Year's celebrations in America. Through his annual broadcasts on radio and television beginning in 1929, the song became his trademark. This New Year's Eve, millions will gather across the world in celebration and at the stroke of midnight, join together in singing "Old Lang Syne. Wishing you all the best in the new year from Wit & Glass on South Monroe since 1945 window and plate glass custom bath enclosures and storefront glass 850-222-5781 and moose magnificat radio streaming online at moosemagnificat.com all local musicians all original songs all the time download your free app at moosemagnificat.com Well, as we've uh, continued in this conversation here on our annual year in review of 2023, you know, let's see how, how we've been going here. We're talking about hot topics, uh, maybe not hot enough, affordable housing being among them, economic conditions for uh, at least, I don't know, half the population, maybe more. Is that a fair assessment? Because I look at it and I think it seems like there's this sort of um group of of people we'll say a segment of our our community that are doing very well uh and then whether they live in Southwood or Killarn or wherever and then juxtaposition are those who are just trying to get through and it begs the question do 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 we all just think that's well that's just the way it is i mean and there's no remedy there in fact there's nothing wrong with that
3: and and so much of it if we perceive that our outcome our uh our state in life or whatever is directly connected to our own behavior which certainly it is i mean we all can make choices that will improve our lot in life or Uh, go in the other direction, Brian. But I think that still there are folks who begin the race with a 10-pound weight strapped to their ankles Mm -hmm. and are maybe half a mile behind the starting line Mm -hmm. for the rest of the Mm -hmm. folks who are taking part in that race. Mm -hmm. And if we kind of look at society across the, the entire warp and woof as that, that we don't all start at the same place, that maybe puts it in a different perspective than, well, these people could wind up better if they just tried
1: harder. Well, and see, there you go. Because in fact, when you are working from a level playing field, that might be arguable, uh, defensible, I should say. You could say, hey, everybody's given the same shot. Those who work hard are rewarded, those who, who don't are not. Uh, but it seems to me then when we, when we include, some of the folks around us and among us who who came out of what was already an impoverished situation. I think I've said this to you before, and I don't know that it's not true now, but nationally, Leon County represents the most income entrenched uh, in the entire country, meaning that if your dad and mom were born here, you were born here, the chances of you making more money than your parents are the least likely wow so this business of being entrenched being part of this alice population that says man this is just the way it is um and it, it begs the question do those folks who find themselves like that then not even try to get out of town they don't try to move elsewhere i'm sure many do but i think a lot of those population or those people in that population that we're talking about they don't even have that resource they just stay
3: yeah a psychologist that i talked to at florida state put it this way it all boils down to a large degree anyway normative behaviors and expectancy sets as you are growing up and these attitudes and these responses take root probably before you're five years old what do you grow up in what kind of circumstances Uh, and um, if, if there are any teachers listening right now you guys know better than anyone that you can have a class of say 25 kids and they're all the same age. And they may even all come from the same rough socioeconomic backgrounds right. to to a large extent because neighborhoods are contiguous, right? Indeed. But you know within a week mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. kids have parents who really value education, who may be read to their kids when they were tiny tots or even in the womb. And th- those kids, they're more involved. The dynamic they're curious they are just different from the kids whose parents have not been involved in that early educational process right and those kids that second group who who just lag behind are probably never going to catch up mm. and that puts them at a lifelong disadvantage
1: See, and that's this endemic aspect of you mentioned neighborhoods and and communities, uh, we started out uh, here a, a little while ago talking about the in-migration, the, the, the people coming into the community uh, that bring a different perspective. And I'm wondering if that's curiously enough, that's really the, the brightest part of our future is that you're getting people from other parts of the country. And if nothing else, they look at us and go, why, why do we do it that way? <laughs> you know they, they have a, a I don't know if I want to call it fresh but at least another way of of looking at the situation and going hey you know the the emperor over there he doesn't have any pants on um why are we doing it like that maybe Commissioner O'Keefe is one of those folks but here's here's uh, commissioner Matlow he grew up here and he grew up in poverty.
3: Yeah. And and you and that is so interesting that you have people who cover that entire spectrum from yeah. from one end to the other. Even yeah. if they were born and bred Tallahassee, they can wow. be, you know, totally different in their outlook on life and all. But I I love that idea of of folks coming in and saying, Hey, maybe here's what happened in my hometown here's how we handled whether it's affordable housing or infrastructure repair or something else this seemed to work so you do have an importation of new ideas and approaches all the time that maybe you don't have in some other places
1: we talked touched on it moment momentarily um, in the business of the distribution of funding through the blueprint organization. These are your dollars, my dollars. This is tax-based money, right? Uh, As such, public monies that are being allocated to various projects. Now, the folks with blueprint have been a bit, um, I don't know what you say, bowed up in their (laughs) attempt to try to say, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, because we've seen a lot of PR going on, Uh, the TV ads and such, and, you know, look at all the great things that we've been able to accomplish with Blueprint. And I think that's fair. But then there have been those moments when at the very least you're sitting in your office and you sit back and start scratching your head thinking, well, wait a minute. Why are we allocating monies of that magnitude for uh, the remodel of or improvements to Doe Campbell stadium? And there were some who found that extremely inappropriate, not the least of whom was Jeremy Matlow, aforementioned, and and David O'Keefe, Commissioner O'Keefe.
3: Yeah, and, and we're probably, I think we may have wandered a little far afield from the original intent of Blueprint, although this is not to say that the Doe Campbell Stadium remodel was good, was bad, was indifferent, but I recall a... Blueprint Project that came up during the earlier days of that uh, tax revenue situation. This was a series of improvements to Capital Circle uh, Southwest out by the airport. And you got a lot of lakes there that need protection, et cetera. There were meeting after meeting after meeting scenarios, bringing in folks from those neighborhoods and saying, okay, guys, here are about five different ways we can do this. What do y'all think? Hmm. And there seemed to be a lot more participation in that decision-making process than there was on the Doe Campbell thing. Yes, there were meetings on it, certainly, but it seemed to move a lot faster, and there wasn't as much public participation, not just people in the immediate area around Doe Campbell Stadium. Indeed,
1: public, and those particularly directly impacted by those decisions uh, that were given opportunity, they were given audience. With that, it it begs the question, uh, have we seen or are we seeing then uh, decisions of that kind, that magnitude, uh, coming up out of this pre-existing sort of disparity between those who do have influence and position and and, and are invested uh, figuratively and literally with with those who represent them so there's that connection between you know the 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 developers and the and the folks who are going to be the beneficiaries uh, we've seen this too a recent allocation i think it was 1.3 million dollars for a private enterprise down there on South Monroe and the developer saying, hey, "Hey, I'm out of money," you know. No, you know, no, Mr. Blueprint just write, <laughs> whips out his checkbook and says, "Here, take care of it." Um, the the question, I guess, I'm I'm positioning for you is to say, how do we get back to, if that's the the way to put this, those moments when we have a, a more, let's say, open discussion. Uh, a more inclusive way of bringing people to that discussion so that we hear from more than just a couple of, of people in the process. We're going to continue on that as we take this quick break. You've got Tom Flanagan here, my friend, having a good conversation as we look at 2023 in review. Stay with us. We're back, and we're talking with Damon Miller, a man who, uh, for these many years, we said this earlier, uh, is from 06... It's when you started to 2023 do we have anybody in the room that can do with arithmetic I'm not very good at that <laughs> but it seems to me 17 years at 17 years and uh, close to two decades and you said yeah this is a calling do you find among those that are your colleagues that as a commonality or or is that where maybe things get um, a bit, a bit sideways when you're dealing with people in this business and things start to really get tough as they, as they have been tough for law enforcement. And then you have to look at them and say, well, why are you doing this? You know, maybe they're asking that question mm-hmm. before you do, but it, but it seems to me if there's that calling, you'll endure it. You'll push through it. You'll figure out how to make it better. Maybe you can find a way to, to help turn this thing in the right direction. Um, what do you say to somebody who says, you know, I'm just done, I don't want to do this anymore? If you're truly done,
6: then it's not just best for you, but it's best for the agency and other officers. Yeah. Um, because I don't want he or she to come in to the job with everything else on their mind, not putting everything to it because the hmm. officer safety goes down. Um, you just, your awareness of everything around you. And basically we have to have each other's back and I need you alert all times, Mm -hmm. not just to help other officers or citizens, but just yourself, just keeping yourself safe. Um, so Mm -hmm. it, it does come to that point for some people. Um, and maybe it's five years, maybe it's a year. I know one person, it was like three days. I'm done. This is, this isn't for me.
1: So we have to appreciate the candor at that point. Say, Mm -hmm. Hey, at least you got honest before anybody else got hurt. Um, You referred to uh, the fact of this article that came out back in February of this year uh, entitled Black Lives in the Blue Line. And in this article, you talk about George Floyd and uh, Tyree Nichols. And uh, I thought the the writer, Alicia Devine, she did a good job in trying to bring to bear the substance of what's at at hand here, when you think outside of the box for a moment, you think about why people are so critical of law enforcement. If you want to talk about Tallahassee or, mm-hmm. or around the country, it seems to me in the reading of that article, there's a great deal of, um, I guess you'd call it, uh, uh, sympathy for that point of view, or or at least an attempt to understand why people would have issues with Mm -hmm. law enforcement. And it's, that really came through, I thought, in, in the way that the article presents not only how it feels for the law enforcement officer, but how it feels for the person who feels as though they're not listening. They don't really care about us. And it, and the way that it, of course the way it was presented, uh, In this article, I found your comments um, informative because you're talking about being a black man who is at the same time a father, husband, TPD officer, out there trying to do right for people and having to hear back, yeah, you don't care about us. You don't, I mean, give give us a sense of what that, has been like for you? Um, you know, being called
6: everything except a child of God, pretty much, or your name. Uh, a lot of times, unfortunately, you get used to it. Does it hurt? Yes. But I think a lot of us as officers, we compartmentalize a lot of the negative things that come towards us because unlike a lot of other people, you know, well, I'm just having a bad, you know, bad day at the job right now, whatever they can just go home. Sometimes we don't have that luxury uh-huh. and we have to go to the next call. So we can't take what happened there on this know. scene to the next scene because you don't yeah. know what's, what's going to happen. And we're always highs and lows. Um, mm. I had a conversation with an uh, officer one day, basically, and it made sense when he said it, that if you think about it and you look at the definition of post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. we all have it as police officers Every just day. by the, the, the mere definition of it. Mm. Um, so it's very important to have Things to do outside the job to try to mm-hmm. re- alleviate um, a lot of stress that we go through, um, be it like you know, working out, biking, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. playing golf. For me, it's playing golf, Legos, and video games, <laughs> and playing with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I do think you- I don't know if I talked about it in the article, but on the when I we're on the line one time, they said, you know, what are you doing to help? Whatever, blah blah, and this mm-hmm. another. I said, well, I applied. Mm -hmm. if you want change, you just can't sit back on the sidelines Mm -hmm. and just talk about it on social media all day
1: long. That's what I did get from what you're saying. You had this one confrontation that happened back there at the time, and it was really the impetus for this article. And, uh, you know, you're standing there toe-to-toe with a group of protesters uh, screaming at you and saying, hey, change it from the inside, black man, and this kind of stuff. Uh, and you made it clear, yeah, well, that's why I signed up. Mm-hmm. I'm here to make a difference. And by the way, that's why I'm here in front of you. Um, I wonder, too, how oftentimes we generalize, I'd say as the uh, general public, uh, that you're just out there to punish people. You're out there to make them hurt. Uh, as opposed to he's out there, she's out there to try to protect people, property, you know, whatever, and even groups of people. Mm -hmm. So what what I what I had noticed in that response with the protesters, the message was pretty clear. I'm here for you, too. You know, I don't want you getting hurt either. I want you to be able to voice your opinion, uh, have the freedom to do that, even if I find it personal Mm -hmm. you know you're attacking me as if i'm the cause of the problem here right but at that point you are the sounding board aren't you right you kind of you you,
6: it's very important to to just talk to people and just explain things like we had a Mm -hmm. conversation yesterday with some stuff and you know everyone's yelling and using slurs whatever i'm like hey can you just come over here please but i made sure that i kept my voice down instead Mm -hmm. of matching energy for energy because if you're both yelling nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm known for saying on the street and we're talking I'm like, ma'am, let me know when you're finished because I don't want to interrupt you because I don't want you to interrupt me when I get ready to tell, mm-hmm. and explain why we did what we did. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes hand-in-hand with just having time sometimes to just even sit and explain, this is why I did X, Y, and Z. This is what's going to happen from this point on with mm-hmm. your case. Whereas, it's, like I said, it's who, what, when, where, where, how. Here's your case number. Bye, have a nice day. Right. But it's just... And they taught they taught us back in 06 with my academy class in my in-house for TBD. The person that you're coming in contact with, treat them as if that was your mother hmm. or your family member. Did you really turn over every stone and do everything that you possibly could to help that person for whatever situation that was? Mm-hmm. Everything in your ability at the time. Um, yes, there are some times that you just can't get through with some people. And you have to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day you have to keep your level of professionalism at the standard that you would want it and not to disrespect your family name and also discredit T P D.
1: It's a lot to ask when in my experience most family these days especially they can't get together at Thanksgiving without trying to beat the crowd. Surprisingly, out of
6: each other. around Thanksgiving time, we have a lot of call for service domestic disputes and everything. Mean, I believe when, it. when when uh you know uh, alcohol is being passed around and and everything else and yeah that always brings out out the best of our nature doesn't it that's bad
1: as if alcohol was the worst thing we we could (laughs) ingest um it just seems like there's a constant supply of the next drug of choice always uh okay well folks we're uh doing our very best here to try to try to bring some understanding to what it's like for somebody like Sergeant Damon Miller to carry out his role as a police officer here in Tallahassee Florida particularly and I mean we're a pretty sleepy southern town in many respects you might disagree with that <laughs> but we're going to get into it a little more more deeply as we continue this conversation reminding you that we are online all the time at Tallahasseetalks.com if you miss. One of our broadcasts, you can always go there, to look at the archive. Another conversation from 2023, our Tallahassee Talks Year in Review. In 1788, Robert Burns wrote a poem to herald the coming of the new year and set the lyrics to an old Scottish tune. The little song became quite popular as the words recalled the days gone by bidding farewell to the old and welcoming the new. Band leader Guy Lombardo is often credited with popularizing the use of the song at New Year's celebrations in America. Through his annual broadcasts on radio and television, beginning in 1929, the song became his trademark. This New Year's Eve, millions will gather across the world in celebration and at the stroke of midnight, join together in singing "Old Lang Syne. Wishing you all the best in the new year from wood and glass on South Monroe since 1945 For window and plate glass custom bath enclosures and storefront glass 850-222-5781 and moose magnificat radio streaming online at moosemagnificat.com all local musicians all original songs all the time download your free app at moosemagnificat.com officially he's the program director of four news at wfsu public media tom flanagan yeah. We just.
3: <laughs> I will defer, really, Brian, to a, an old friend of mine and a former colleague at WFSU, now with uh, Tallahassee Democrat slash Gannett slash USA Today, James Call. Oh, yes. And he, as so many other reporters uh, are wont to do, has aspired to write a book and he's already picked the title so Uh, i'm not going to preempt it but that title is people tell me things (laughs) and i think that is the most apt description of what my life is like uh at at least in this context and uh i really thank james for that and uh yeah if anything happens to you buddy i'm stealing it Uh, i hope you know that
1: (laughs) fair warning uh when people tell you things, you ever have those moments when you would just cover your ears? You don't want to hear what they're about to say.
3: Not too often. Okay. And, and this okay. is again, this uh, kind of ties into what we were speaking about before the break, Brian. When it comes to involvement of just average folks in in government, yeah. because I think the best story ideas I've gotten is just people stop me, you know, on the street. Or this is Tallahassee; they stop you in Publix, okay, <laughs> and they say, "Hey, you never heard it from me, but." And suddenly you've got an entree to a hot news tip. And, of course, you don't go with just that. you got to go and do your due diligence. You Mm -hmm. find out from a secondary and even a tertiary source, is this the real deal? And then you proceed with that. But this is the same thing, as we were saying before, with getting involved in how do we change, whether it's income inequality or you promote more affordable housing or people... Having more of a say in what they do, um, they being local officialdom, with your blueprint dollars, it's your tax dollars after all, is just to get involved, more involved in the process. Certainly vote. But go to meetings and keep up with what's going on in these various committees. And this is really critical. I mean, democracy is not a spectator sport, particularly on the local level, because you can do all this stuff. You don't have to, you know, hitch a ride to Washington, D.C.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, with that, we are privileged, I think, uh, to have this kind of access locally to local government. You think about that. O'Keefe has his uh his TikTok videos and all he's doing is trying to make sure that this poor sap is in better informed of what's going on. Um why is it that we we put all the burden on, on him and in his colleagues to bring us this news? What's wrong with us that we don't take initiative and say, "Hey, I need to know what's going on here?" And then all of a sudden a decision is made and we're like, well, how did that happen?
3: Why didn't they tell me exactly. well yeah. you know it still falls on us this is where the rubber meets the road again in a participatory democracy is yeah. that we the people have, have got to stay up with this stuff that doesn't mean that you know you you watch cable news from 6 a.m. until midnight uh, mm. number one they're not going to talk that much about the local issues that really impact us more in most instances than what happens in Washington DC but you gotta just stay in touch with what's going on as you said Brian with now social media and uh, all those ways of communicating it's never been easier
1: and we have these topics and you brought some of them to us particularly the business of uh, economic development affordable housing uh, the distribution of public funds via uh, blueprint I mean and those are a handful Uh, what are some of the other I guess, big ticket items that come to mind when you think of this 2023.
3: Oh, we look at the way that we are developing as a community, geographically, of course. We hear uh, terms like urban infill thrown around, which means, gee, can we have a more effective use mm-hmm. of uh, land and other resources within the metropolitan area? What do we do with a lot of commercial properties that have kind of Gone to seed, if you will in the uh, in the aftermath of covid or just changing economic uh, situations how do we make best use of those properties uh, that 's one thing we 're going to have to look at how do we cope with a whole host of new Mandates, if you will, that are coming down from state government, many of which are going to preclude the ability of our local officials to make some decisions that are going to impact our lives. Uh, And that's public school,
1: particularly
3: exactly. But it even goes on to there. What kind of? uh, uh, proscriptions are they going to have when it comes to passing ordinances that impact us when state government says, no, nope, sorry, city, county, that is no longer your thing. We're going to do that from here. Well, at least we're in Tallahassee. We're a little bit closer. We don't have to you know, hop a bus from Monroe County and come all the way up here to get 30 seconds before a Senate or a House committee, uh, we can keep the pressure on from where we live. And that's a good thing mm-hmm. about being here.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think, in fact, that we find ourselves uh, better informed then? Are we are we uh, getting more of the information we need? Or is it still just sort of... Um couched in terms that uh, f- that promote one point of view or how how I guess I'm trying to get to what wh- how how objective are we in our uh, view of what's really going on
3: well got a visual for you here on um, College Avenue East College Avenue in Tallahassee there's a building called the Florida Press Center yep. and it's three stories tall been there for years and You probably recall a time when you could go into any of those floors and you could barely hear yourself think because each office contained at least four or five, maybe six people who worked for one of the state's major newspapers, a wire service, something that was a full-time uh institution covering state government you walk in there now and you say is anybody home and 15 seconds later you you hear your voice echoing back at you wow. that place is just about abandoned we are not getting the intensity certainly of coverage that we used to and the quality of that coverage has probably also taken a hit you still got some great folks like you know john kennedy and mary Ellen kloss and steve bosquet and some of the you know, old timers, if you will. Sorry, guys, of the Capitol Press Corps who are still laboring in the trenches every day. But my gosh, it's not like it was. And so you got to go search for this stuff sometimes.
1: Indeed, Indeed. when you you referred earlier to the newspaper, I mean, that is not a happy situation from my point of view. Uh, We don't have the kind of news reporting going on there that we did once have with our our only uh, newspaper. So I, I wonder, too, if if it is, people point to social media and so much of that comes, but then you don't have uh, the opportunity to to dissect all of that. You're getting a full presentation of a, a particular point of view, but how do you know what to judge that against? You know, I guess, how do you know what's true and what's not true when it seems like truth is simply the outcome of whoever has the most power
3: yeah and you gotta as i told a class at uh, florida state and in, in the poli sci department not too long ago for some reason they had me in to talk to these poor kids and pollute their b- brains uh, <laughs> so, but i said we're now in an era where everybody has to be their own journalist to a large degree you have to go and find multiple sources yeah. for information and it's not just the one that pops up in your newsfeed because already the algorithm has said Oh, you mm-hmm. like this point of view. Mm-hmm. Well, fine. Have some more. Mm-hmm. Have even more than that. And suddenly, to the exclusion of everything else, you're getting your own attitudes thrown yeah. back at you, you all day long. Echo yeah. So go and find yeah. stuff that you don't agree with and say, oh, this is yeah. the way that say, um, okay, Tallahassee reports. Right. This is the way they looked at it. Yep. Uh, what's the Democrats saying? What's WCTV? What is WFSU saying about it, and from that synthesis, you want to be able to figure out something, something. that right. rings of truth.
1: Right, right. Once again, Tom, you have challenged us in our thinking, and I don't like that. Honestly, I like being comfortable. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm among those in Tallahassee who just you know I want I, I just want my you know my coffee and my donut and yeah. I'll be happy
3: afflict the comfortable that's what i say ah, yeah
1: well there's a notion well uh, i think what we'll do is we'll have to get you back in here once 2024 is officially uh uh in the in uh, in play we will uh, i'm certain have opportunity for further reflection on where we where we're heading uh, i do think we're in a, heading in a good direction though i will say sincerely i think that uh, the more discussion the more people involved uh, i think that's that's a healthy sign folks this is tom flanagan he is uh, one of those people who has helped keep us healthy in our discussions and conversations over these many years and he you know it's remarkable he looks younger now than when i first met him so life is good right botox is wonderful oh my goodness is that what that is okay i'm gonna get some of that folks we are the production of spatterwork media and entertainment coming to you from the studios of Moose Magnificat Radio, Tallahassee's only radio bringing you all local musicians playing their original music all the time. We call it the Sound of Tallahassee. Find them online at moosemagnificat.com. Carl Cerny is our executive producer and I will be looking for you next week. So Happy New Year everybody and we'll see you right here at Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny.